This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa, host of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 175 countries, 220 TV, radio, terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. So who is my guest of today? Well, what I can tell you is that Nate Seto is a rising R&B artist in Detroit. As a Michigan native, he grew up with a passion for music. He began writing songs when he was seven years old and pursued a music career at the age of 20. In 2014, Nate developed a relationship with God that forever changed his life. God approached him and soon became a part of his everyday living. Nate now looks to faith and God to guide him through all the obstacles life throws at him. Nate just launched his latest single, Novocaine, where he is working on shedding some light to listeners who are struggling with anxiety, depression, and substance abuse because he wants to remind people that they are not alone and that there are better ways in dealing with depression. He has a rapidly growing fan base with over 50K followers on Instagram, over 1.3 million views on YouTube, and over 36K followers on Facebook. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, my friend. How are you today, Nate? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's lovely to have you. I've been very much looking forward to this interview. And um, what I would like to say, Nate, and again, this is unscripted, organic. I think it makes for a much more authentic conversation. I just want to preface that uh, we respect everybody of all faith, denominations, um, belief systems here. And Absolutely. so for the benefit of the listeners and the podcast subscribers, if you want to, for the sake of this conversation, interchangeably use whatever works for you in the spiritual or religious realm uh mm -hmm. please do so whether it be universe source the divine uh buddha allah whatever <laughs> absolutely okay so nate let's dive right in and let's talk particularly as it applies to the pandemic because we know that stats have skyrocketed we know that there's a 200 percent increase in suicide alone we know that people are going through multiple divorcing uncoupling type situations because the bubble the pandemic really forced people to have to go within and look at reprioritizing what their values are, what their belief systems are. So let's talk about as it relates specifically to the pandemic outside of generically pre-pandemic, uh, let's talk about why these are core subject matters that are central to you, your purpose, your journey, and why this has been instrumental in your music career. Yeah, well, um, for me, just in my experience, I, I feel like I had my share of uh, anxiety when everything was starting to blow up with the pandemic, you know, and um, I just like something that you know, would calm, calm me down a little bit is just to remember that we're all in this together. Like, and just the fact that we, that we know that we're all in this together, it's like, it's like you can kind of like give yourself some like, uh, you know, ease just like to know that it's going to, you're going to get through it, you know? And, um, yeah, just basically like through the pandemic, I was, uh, you know, as an artist, it's extremely difficult, uh, to pursue your career because, you know, you're not doing live shows and, you know, you're really restricted and stuff like that. Um, but, um, fortunately for me, like I had like a lineup of interviews, um, that really kept me busy and, and um, allowed me to continue promoting my music project. And, uh, so I basically, uh, you know, I felt like I was, I was pretty uh, lucky in that sense just to, uh, you know, keep myself mm -hmm. busy. And, uh, yeah, I would just say, right. like, you know, you, you just have to know that we're, we're not alone in this, you know? 
Well, let's talk about the inception of your journey. Let's talk about it because, I mean, we're all about vulnerability. We talk about vulnerability. It's a strength. It's not a weakness because people can't help you or read your mind if you don't speak up for yourself and indicate what, in fact, your needs are or what you're struggling with. And knowing that what you're struggling with is oftentimes what a good portion of society is, in fact, also equally struggling with. So let's mm-hmm. talk about some of the, the challenges that you've had in your life uh, where you've then channeled it through your art of music in terms of being cathartic, not only for you, but cathartic for other people who really resonate with you. Yeah. Um, basically, it was like a few years back, um, I started to fall into like a depression. And, um, you know, I feel like I've always kind of dealt with anxiety all my life. But um, in this case, it was kind of like a mix of anxiety and depression. And it was really um, affecting my everyday life. And and so, like, I, I, I remember catching myself pretty much drinking every single day and just, you know, relying on that just to get me through the day or to calm my nerves and stuff like that. And it would just start off with a couple of shots here and there, and then it would progress into, like, you know, a pint a day and stuff like that. And I remember one time I, I drank an entire fifth uh, by myself in front of my parents. I didn't even realize that I had done that. And they were, like, looking at me, like, with like they were like really concerned and stuff like that and I remember I would go to the gym um drunk and stuff like that and because you know I was like I was at I was working you know for my dad and stuff like that and um and I was just trying to get through the day and I would you know just kind of drink throughout the day but still have to go to the gym so you know I, I would still try to do my my normal tasks but you know doing them drunk and stuff like that so I remember that was like you know affecting me and um my mom was like finding bottles and stuff like that and just kind of like seeing her like you know be concerned kind of like broke my heart a little bit too so i remember just kind of like calling out to god and like asking him and um you know tell me get through it you mm-hmm. know and um like i had already had a relationship with god at this point you know but uh, just because you have a relationship with god doesn't mean your life is gonna be totally perfect you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um but like um i just kind of noticed that when i was like asking God for like help in certain moments I remember somebody would call me somebody would call me that's gonna put a smile on my face someone that's gonna like distract me and um, I remember just like little things like that you know make um, all the difference and uh, you know and as far as like my music I remember just usually I, I like to put out positive music you know whether it's about like partying or just like you know relationships or whatever you know just like you know positive type vibes and this particular song was a um my song novocaine was actually you know not about any of that <laughs> you know it was just it was literally just about what i was going through like my depression and just pretty much like you know substance abuse and just trying to get out of it and not knowing how and so i remember being really nervous about re- re- recording that song and putting it out because i don't want people to be like oh what the hell's going on you know what's wrong with nate you know mm-hmm. um you know, it just wasn't like me to put out something like that. And so, yeah. Well, let me ask you this then. Was it, was it, uh, because there's on the spectrum of depression and anxiety, you know, people fluctuate from, you know, minor, major, severe. So mm-hmm. would you say looking back on that time in your life in terms of doing introspective uh, reevaluation assessment, would you say that it was uh, situational, circumstantial? Would you say it was because you were predisposed to these things and it got mm-hmm. exacerbated by external circumstances? Were you a functional alcoholic? Like, can you give us some perspective? Definitely you... functional. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, and I think it was situational as well. Um it's just like sometimes, you know, you know, like in life, like we're always growing and I feel like I've grown as far as like my career the past, you know, five, six years or whatever. But, um, you know, there I got to a point where I was just at a standstill and then it continued for years, just kind of being at this one level. And I was just like, I was like, come on, man. Like, why am I still in this situation? I'm putting in so much effort. I am like doing everything that I think I can, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it was starting to eat at me, you know, I was getting older and it was just like, you know, pressure from like family and stuff like that. And then it was like starting to eat at me. And so, you know, I started to get into my own head and started to like have self-doubt. And, you know, like I know that there's nothing in this world that I, that would ever make me happy besides pursuing my music career, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it was just like I felt like I was being just weighed down by so many thoughts and that's like really what it came down to just so many so much negative thoughts but if I can like you know shut that out 
and just like you know continue believing in myself and say no like f that like i'm gonna continue doing what i'm doing i've came so far i have a following like i didn't have that years ago you know what i'm saying like i should be mm-hmm. grateful to even be in this situation and so uh, you know that's really where it came from well let's talk a little bit about you know some of the unknowns about the industry that you're in uh in terms of what would have exacerbated some of your anxiety or some of your depression like how hard is it to break into regardless of your genre of music how hard is it to break into the industry what are some of the obstacles hardships that you yourself have endured how did you overcome it and and let's talk a little bit about the succession of your career like from the beginning uh, to knowing that this is what you were meant to do, you felt a calling to do, to where you are now, even in spite of the whole setback as a result of the pandemic. Because there are lots of people who, I mean, we talk about leadership, we talk about purpose, we talk about passions. So there's a lot of people, whether they can relate to your specific calling, Nate, um, mm-hmm. they're, on, they're on the cusp of, okay, I really want to break into becoming an author or a public speaker or a whatever. And they might be grappling with some of the... the issues or the self-dialogue that you yourself encountered. So let's talk a little bit about the music industry specifically, how oversaturated, competitive it is, and what you faced that that made you wonky at different times. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely competitive. You, like, in that sense, I would just rec- recommend just believing in yourself, you know what I mean, believing in your own craft and, and just, like, really caring about, like, the work that you're putting out and, and not really exactly looking at everybody else, you know, just knowing that they're out there you know but um just like if you really focus on what other people are doing you're really just going to bring yourself down because you're going to see that this person has like a million you know followers and you know you're like you're like thinking to yourself like they don't even like deserve that because the way that they're they're using their platform you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and um you know as far as like challenges and stuff like that i um I guess, like, for the beginning, it was just to have a following, you know, just to get people to, like, listen and stuff like that, you know. Uh, of course, it starts off with friends and family, and then, you know, you just got to, um, for me, it was just, like, working with um, promoters and stuff like that. Like, I kind of discovered that, like, oh, if you, if you like, reach out to, um, like, a popular Instagram user and you contact them and you ask them, to um, incorporate your music for, in my case, music, incorporate your music into their skit or their post and mm-hmm. expose your song to like their, their people. Like you, you pretty much, you can get followers from that, you know, and um, not just followers, but actual people that are interested in you. And um, from there I was like, I was doing that. I was working with like a lot of uh, people like that. And then I was, reaching out to those people that um, added me or responded to those people that would DM me, like the new followers, and uh, just pretty much develop a relationship with them, you know? And now it's like, there you go. Now you got fans, and now you got, like, a relationship with your fans. And um, and these are people that are really just, like, fighting for you, and they're, they're like, you know, giving their all just to promote you. And it's, like, it's like really, really beautiful, honestly. And so that was, like, a challenge itself. And then came the challenge of stage performance because I had stage performance anxiety, and I was just like... Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I remember did my first show. I was like, I was like confident at first, and then I got on stage, and I got so scared. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I remember I got like I, my voice was shaky. I remember at, at one point after the first song, <laughs> I was supposed to like kind of talk a little bit and introduce the second song, and I, my mouth was so dry. I said one second, <laughs> and I walked off stage for a second, grabbed water, and drank it really <laughs> quick, and walked back. I was like, sorry about that. It was so embarrassing. People just kind of like looked at me like. They just, it was like silent. Like nobody laughed. Nobody, nobody just, nobody said nothing. It was just silent. I was like, okay, I'm going to continue. <laughs> so I remember just felt like complete, you know, I felt horrible, you know, after that whole show because like it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be in my head. I was like, oh, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to rock the show. People are going to love me. Like it wasn't like that. But, you know, at the end of the show, people did come up to me. Some people did, you know, say, uh, say really nice things. They said, oh, you know, um, you know, you have really good music. Even though I know my performance sucked, I was shaky. I, my, I didn't, it was my first show. I didn't have any experience. You know, I didn't really have mm-hmm. any lessons on how to perform or nothing like that at that point. So, you know, I'm not beating myself up for it now. I'm glad I went through that, you know, because I told myself I'll never go through that again. <laughs> so I really I stepped it up and I really put more effort into like training and focusing on, you know, better performances. So I eventually, you know, months later, leading up to my next show, I was extremely um, nervous again because I was like, I-, I do not want this to happen again. You mm-hmm. know, so- 
I was afraid of the first thing, so I was like, man, this is going to be really hard. I was like, if I can't do this, like a room full of 50 people, I was like, how am I supposed to perform in front of, like, you know, thousands of people? Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, eating me up at that point. But um, then, like, I don't know, I guess I was uh, reading, I I bought this book on confidence and stuff like that, and basically just kind of, like, it basically, like, taught me to, like, I don't speak things into existence like in like like quick like I'm like I got this you know um I'm gonna perform like really well and stuff like that like I was just kind of like speaking that um right before the show and kind of like boosted myself up you know beautiful yeah and beautiful yeah absolutely (laughs) well a couple things a couple things that you said that I really appreciate you having said once again for the benefit of the listening audience and the podcast subscribers because we can all remember a time in our lives, whether it's actually taking the physical stage in front of an audience, that's not always, you know, that's not a generic experience that's specific to certain populations of people and their chosen vocation and industry of what they choose to do. Um, But nonetheless, it's still really important that you said what you said, because contrast, right? I mean, if a lot of people, what they tend to do, and I don't know why they do this. I mean, we might personally cringe when we look back at the inception of our journey or what our Mm -hmm. uh, struggle was, but I think it's very important to measure the barometer of our own growth and our own development to, to truly see how far we've actually come, which we otherwise can't because we're too in the throes of it. And it's hard for us to be objective. But when people like you're talking about a social media account, or you're talking about people who have done Facebook live streams or anything, where they're putting themselves out there into the ether, to the collective, to be judged, to be scrutinized. Um, it's important when you see how far you've come as a result of X amount of years under your belt or how you've honed your craft, uh, you know, to what degree like you've really manifested things into speaking them into existence. You yourself can measure your growth. And that's what I think very authentically, naturally, organically is what draws people to you because some people would go, oh my God, I can't believe that's what I looked like when I was on stage. I'm going to delete that. I'm going to make sure that that's not in my archives. I'm going to make sure (laughs) nobody can find that. But you know what? I think those people end up doing themselves a disservice uh, and I think they lose followers because these are the same people oftentimes from a leadership perspective who say, you know, embrace your vulnerability. You know, you, you have to practice. You have to do it over and over again. But they're so mm-hmm. apt to want to get rid of any traces or remnants of things that would speak to what they're professing. And it's very hypocritical. So the sure. fact that you use that here on the Global Airwaves on my program, Nate, to use that as an example and to be vulnerable and to talk about how you thought you sucked and you lacked confidence and you needed water and you walked off stage and what the reception, <laughs> the reaction was from the audience. I thank you for that because a lot of people, when they come on these media platforms to talk about their success or to garner more exposure, they want to omit that out of the storytelling when really that's what I think resonates with people. People want to know you're real. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So let's talk about um, what motivates you in terms of when you play back your songs and what would resonate with you as your own songwriter, your own lyricist, putting it all together from uh, concept to, you know, being on an album or, you know, something you sing on stage to an audience. Mm -hmm. Are you, do you feel that either your own observation within yourself or, and or the feedback you receive from your followers and your listeners, do you think you are at your strongest when you are your most vulnerable in your music where it might perceivably be dark or um, where, you know, people can get a glimpse into your soul or do you tend to do uh, or keep it safe and superficial for what sometimes people tend to gravitate to because it's like whatever the flavor of the month might be. Right. Um, I think it's like a mix of both that I've noticed, um, actually. So, like, definitely when I'm, like, putting out, like, that dark, you know, type music, like, you know, like the serious stuff, you know, I definitely got so much feedback, more than I thought I would, um, about people saying that they're also going through that, you know, like, just like some of the lyrics, you know, like, um, these thoughts in my head um, be too strong, you know. Um, thoughts weighing down on my soul like a lot of people like connected with that like they're like yeah you know I, I have so much thoughts that are just like bringing me down throughout the day and stuff like that and um you know I was really you know glad to know that my music was really connecting with people and and, and it reminded them that they weren't alone you know and it just helped them get through those dark 
those dark you know moments in their lives and um you know and as far as like the other type of music like you know like you're, you're like the flavor of the month like yeah I, I, I see what you're saying um i just love making all kinds of music so i so like those you know those new um you know pop type vibes like i i love making stuff like that and when i put stuff like music like that out people really connect with that because it's coming from my heart too you know what i'm saying i'm not just doing it just to do it like oh because i think people are gonna like this i'm doing it because i love this type of music like i i love what i'm doing i love what i'm writing i love the melodies that i use you know and um so when i put out something that i really love i feel like people really connect with that just because i love it so much you know fantastic and so let's talk about Detroit, because we know Detroit's always had its its uh, challenges, and we know that Eminem has come out of Detroit. We we know that, yeah. you know, in terms of his lyrics and how difficult it was for him to escape, you know, poverty and abuse and, and systemic this and systemic that, um, you know, in what ways, although it's a different genre of music, in what ways, if, if he even resonates with you on a certain level, um, how can you relate to him coming from Detroit? What, what do people not know about the environment, the atmosphere, or what your obstacles have been? Because geography plays, people's environment plays a, place for, uh, plays a part for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, first of all, I just want to say um, I'm actually from Grand Blank, but I've been developing my career um, in Detroit. So, like, okay. um, yep. So, um, basically, for me, it's just like, um, I don't know, Detroit is like Michigan's Hollywood, in my opinion. And, like, just in my experience, um, it's just so much entertainment out there, so many amazing talents out there that are actually doing like so well for themselves. Um, and just like knowing that. You know, Eminem's from Michigan and that, you know, he came from Detroit and, you know, reached his uh, level of success. It just kind of gives me motivation and Big Sean as well. You know, it gives me like motivation, like, you know what, like I can do this, too. You know, there's so many people that can um, succeed no matter where they come from. And um, I just I really just kind of like love the fact that I'm making my music out in Detroit because I've met so many amazing people. Beautiful, beautiful. So when you look at your fellow cohorts, you know, people, whether they be tangible, intangible mentors to you within the music industry, you know, who do you think's gotten it right in terms of congruency, like, you know, walking their talk, um, people who are doing good using their platforms for a bigger message for the collective, like who in the music industry do you look at, whether it be in R&B or any other genre, and you go, yeah, class act, you're doing it right, uh, you know, that's who I look to for some inspiration, perhaps. Um, this is any like any artist, like outside of yep. Detroit, you mean? Um, honestly, I, I, I would say Drake, and the reason why I say that is just because, like, um, I don't feel like he's like a typical rapper or a typical artist, and I feel like he's gone out of his. He went out of his way a lot just to, um, you know, like help a lot of people that are unfortunate, um, that are you know less fortunate, and um, you know I feel like he's done a lot of great things, and he puts out a lot of positive messages out there, like on his like social media, and he's not mm-hmm. like, you know, he, you would think like oh he's like a really cocky guy, but I'm pretty sure like the way he presents himself on his social media he's actually pretty humble you know and um i I admired that and i like when people are humble you know i don't feel like you have to be so cocky all the time you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. absolutely well and i mean ego tends to trip people up right i mean you end it comes to your own demise and it ends up being counterintuitive and to your own detriment because you do always have to recognize who who brought you along, you know, humble beginnings, where did you come from? And, and to never lose sight or perspective of gratitude. And again, particularly being in a pandemic, I think it's really awoken people to the fact of even if they felt they were the most grateful person on the face of the planet, there were still things that we took for granted, call it liberties, being able to come and go, uh, being able to make our own decisions with who we congregated with, or just, you know, being out in society the way we, we were, uh, as social animals were pre-wired to do so. So I think there's a lot of people who are starting to come into an even deeper understanding of how fundamentally important it is to be humble and to be eternally grateful. So again, I appreciate you having said that on my show, Nate. That means a lot. Absolutely. So let's talk about um, what you're working on currently. Anything that you would want the listeners, the podcast subscribers to be aware of for how they can connect with you, what's upcoming, where they can actually find your music or connect with you, Nate? Yeah, I'm actually really excited. And I'm, I'm happy you said that. I'm really excited right now because I'm working on my first EP. Um, you, like 
the past few years, I've been um, just putting out singles, but this is my mm-hmm. first like uh, EP, which is basically like a mini album. So uh, this is like my first project doing something like that, and um, and Novocaine is basically like the I guess the lead single to to that EP. Um, but um, yeah, the song, the EP itself has uh, just basically talks about who I am as an artist, and it's got a lot of content on there that's gonna help people that are going through um, a lot of uh, tough times, and uh, it's got a lot of positive um, vibes as well. You know, it's a it's a really good mix. I feel like I have different sounds on there. And I, I feel like a lot of people are going to love what I have in store. And so well, uh, you, that's wonderful. Congratulations yeah, to you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to really release this. <laughs> um, and my handle uh, would be, um, I'm, I'm mainly on Instagram. Like if, if anyone ever wants to reach out to me just to talk or just to get to know me or whatever, you know, you can always DM me on Instagram and my underscore, and it's a uh, Nate underscore uh, Seto, S-E-T-T-O. And uh, yeah, just feel free to hit me up. Fantastic. And so do you have a projected timeline for when you anticipate the release of the EP? Um, I'm looking at next month. I'm still working on a few finishing touches, so I'm st- I still can't you know, put out an exact date yet, but looking at next month. Okay, fantastic. And so what would you say to other people? Because I don't know uh, for how it relates to you specifically, Nate. You know, do you have your own label? Are you with another late like who, who are you picked up by are you independent how does this work um yeah i'm completely independent right now um currently looking for a you know a specific manager and stuff like that so uh you know but right now you know i've i've had a few meetings with a few people but um i just have to find the right manager so right now that's what i'm like really headed towards um but yeah completely independent right now good for you Good for you. you. Well, I mean, I mean, even if you parallel what it is you're doing in the book industry, because I'm an author, too, there's a lot of people who are going self-published and have done so for X amount of years, because, I mean, sometimes it's a little bit overrated and you don't quite get the deliverables of what people promise, no matter how the optics of it might look to say that you're being carried by somebody. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah. And you, you yeah. would know being in the music industry, some of the fallout that's happened with people trying to break contracts because of, you know, dynamics going south or, or people mm-hmm. abusing their position of a power or authority. Exactly. Right. And screwing over their clients. So, you know, yeah. good for you that you're intuitively going the route you want and whatever you end up deciding upon for however else you're branching out. You know, I wish you all the best with that for sure. Thank you, Lisa. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And, um, so in terms of tips, nuggets, words of wisdom, what would you wish to impart to the listening audience, whether it speaks to overcoming um, darkness and depression or, you know, coupled with what it means to embrace your purpose or like, you know, whether it be adages, things that really have resonated with you in your times of needing to get your brain recalibrated, your mindset recalibrated. What's mm. worked for you, Nate, that you think might be beneficial for the listeners? Uh, per- personally for me, it was just like reaching out to God and just like, you know, whatever your higher power is, you know, and just, um, asking for help, you know, and I promise if you look around, you're going to see, um, help is on the way, you know, whether it's somebody like God sends you somebody just to comfort you or just to talk you up or whatever. Um, and just, um, I just want people to know, like, you're not alone in that, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot of people are going through, um, you know, anxiety and depression and stuff like that. And just, um, I think it's okay to talk to people. I think if you if you can find somebody to like really um, confide in, I think you really should. I don't think you should like bottle things up. And I talk about that in my music that you shouldn't be doing that because that's what I was doing and it was really like really destroying destroying the inside and out. So um, I feel like you should definitely talk. Try to talk to somebody if you can and just know that there is hope. And you've gone through so much, you know, BS in the past. You can you can get through this as well. So. Absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. And um, and do you have a website? Do you like if anybody wanted like I don't know, do you mentor other musicians? Do you help people in the musical industry who kind of look upon you as being you're the next level up from where they want to be and they want to pick your brain outside of Instagram? <laughs> is, is, is there anywhere else people can reach out to you? Uh, basically, uh, through Instagram, I have um, some fans that are also artists, you know, they're like, they look, they look up to me. And so and which is like such an honor, you know, that they would even do that. So I definitely put in my two cents with them. I definitely give them like, as much adv- advice that I can, that I wish I had at their level. So yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely open to people just reaching out to me. And I'll love to help as much as I can. Beautiful. And so, although you're clearly somebody who has chosen, because I believe it is 
fundamentally a choice. You have chosen to live fearlessly. What does it, however, mean to you personally and specifically, Nate? Um, I would just say with my passion, just like I'm being, I'm so passionate with my, um, my music and I love it so much that it's like, it's like nothing's going to stop me, you know, no matter, no matter how hard the obstacle is, I'm going to find a way. Beautiful, beautiful. And not being able to project, you know, because it's always about hindsight 2020, right? We don't necessarily understand unforeseen circumstances or adversity or hardships in the throes of going through it. But we can look back when time has elapsed and we've done the right things to get ourselves on the right track by reaching out to people, turning to people in our times of need. Um, what would you say, looking back on the journey of where you were at your darkest to where you're now feeling like you're in a, a very good self-empowered spot and you're making traction in your life, what are you most proud of within yourself, Nate? Um, I'm proud that I have grown so much. I've, I'm proud that I went from having no followers to no music <laughs> to um, having like you know high quality music with um, a lot of loving, beautiful fans that are supporting me, and just um, you know just like in my growth, you know, just like my experience mm -hmm. on stage and my confidence. I, I have grown as a person, you know, not just with my craft. And like, I'm just proud to be where I am now because it's been a journey and I'm still growing and I'm still not perfect. And I'm still going to um, get to the top one day at a time. Well, you said a couple of things that are, are very pivotal that I think I'd like to deep uh, go a little bit deeper on sure. uh, for the benefit, once again, for the listening audience and the, the podcast subscribers is, first of all, there is no such thing as perfect. So let's just throw that right uh, out the window right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah. We'll never be a 100%. <laughs> no. And really what it is, it's not about being in competition with other people. I find the people who tend to compare themselves to other people, whether it be social media followers, whether it be people within the same industry, you're you're always going to lose focus and perspective of what's really important. If you don't understand, regardless of what you do, um, it's really about showing up as the best, most improved version of yourself. So when you're busy honing your craft, when you're busy healing yourself, when you're busy working on what you need to work on to get rid of, uh, you know, you know, stepping into your own greatness it doesn't really allow or leave a lot of ex extra leftover time to be going, okay, what's, what's he doing? What's she doing? You mm -hmm. know, what have they got that I don't have? You know, we get into this comparison trap and this, uh, you know, analysis paralysis and, and people tend to screw up their own karma, their own journey, their own success, yeah. because they've dropped the ball and missed the point of, of what it is they should be focusing on. So right. I like the fact that you said, it's not just about my craft that I'm most proud of. It's, it's the fact that I've not given up on myself. I mean, you really have embodied resiliency and fortitude. And I want to say congratulations to you oh, on that, you. because if you didn't believe in yourself, Nate, none of the other things that you're citing as being uh, barometers or measurements of success, that would never have come to fruition because it does start with self. It is an inside job and you do have to pay attention to where you're still wounded or false beliefs and false concepts that are still tripping you up and getting in the way of what the trajectory is of where you want to go. So the fact that you're continually not just committed to honing your craft, but you see it as it's a coupling marriage of, I can only hone my craft to the degree that I'm willing to continue to work on myself. That says a lot about your maturity and it says a lot about your leadership and it says a lot about how far you've come. So I really want to congratulate you on that, my friend. I really you, do. Lisa. That really means a lot, honestly. Thanks so much for saying that. Well, it's important, right? It's it's really important. And because you're now in the spotlight and people are going to, if they don't already, which I imagine there's a lot of people who do, but people are going to be looking up to you. And there's a, a lot of responsibility that comes with whether you want it, don't want it, but it is a responsibility that kind of goes with it, whether we're talking professional athletes, we're talking about musicians. And again, you prefaced it yourself at the top of the hour Nate using your platform for good where a lot of people unfortunately they do not and mm -hmm. so how do you feel in terms of the pressure cooker of not only being somebody who has to produce you know content and always wanting to up your game and level up but what's the pressure you sometimes feel encumbered by by that level of responsibility of knowing that you are leaving an impression on people. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I definitely want to be careful, you know, especially with, um, I have like a younger brother too, you know, and like he's like starting to get into social media now because he's, you know, he just turned 14. So he's kind of at that age now. So where he's exposed mm -hmm. to a lot and, you know, it's like, I don't want to put myself out there and um, be somebody that 
he's gonna look up to and just like take like a you know a wrong turn in life and just uh you know i i want to be a good influence on him and as as well as like other people younger you know just viewing me and not just younger just you know people that are like look up to me like you said you know um i definitely want to um also just be myself i don't want to try to like fake it either i also i i want to be myself and just kind of show my my realness and my struggles and just um you know like the pain that i that i would go through and um you know the mistakes that i make like it's okay to make mistakes too you know so i have to tell myself that because i can't beat myself up you know if i am going to be on the spotlight like that and i make a mistake that you know i didn't think too much of um you know i can't beat myself up because i am human you know i have to like remember Mm -hmm. that and just uh persevere you know beautiful well and i appreciate you once again you've said this a few different times a few different ways in in the course of this interview nate but it is it's really showing up as yourself and we are human so we're all prone to making mistakes but when we know better we do better that too is a choice right some people they don't learn the lesson and they wonder why god or life or the universe is like Mm. hitting them on the head you know same person different situation you know you That's have to too. really, yeah, we've all been there. I've been there. I've been yep. there too. But I, I really appreciate the realness and the rawness and the candidness and the vulnerability that goes with what you're saying in terms of your messaging, Nate, where, you know what, it's, it's really just, I'm going to make mistakes. I don't need to hide my mistakes. I don't need to right, pretend that yeah. I'm infallible. Um, because when you show up as that person with mistakes, with darkness, uh, with substance abuse, you know, all that kind of stuff, again, people can relate to you. People know you're not putting on a facade. People know that you're not wearing a false mask and people go, well, if Nate can do it and overcome his struggles and obstacles and yet still be successful and still be in the flow of his life, I then, as a, as a form of his example, I can do that too. And that's where you get the real genuine connections. That's where you get the real buy-in. And even if people have never listened to your music before, if they, if the first thing they come to know or hear about or connect the dots on is you as a result of something you've uploaded to Instagram or social media before they've even heard any of your music, if they believe in you and, and you're likable and, and people can resonate with you, then it, you, you, you could put out the crappiest album. You'd still have followers. <laughs> sure, you, you would. Yeah, yeah no, I right? totally agree. I totally agree with that. You're because right. it's genuine. You're being genuine. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, I think that's I another agree. thing that this, uh, I think that's another thing that this pandemic has, has shown people is, you know, what is real? You know, what is real versus what's contrived, what's fabricated, you know, and this fake it till you make it crap. I mean, that's bullshit. I mean, that's the worst (laughs) advice, worst advice I think people could say. And I see that still being uploaded in 2021 on people's social media platforms. And it's like, no, wrong, wrong. You got it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, I know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about in terms of Detroit how many people are into R&B in Detroit? Like, do you, oh. is it is it popular? Is it emerging? Is definitely it, popular. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely say it's popular. And what is it about R&B specific to you, as opposed to any other genre that you feel a calling uh, for your journey? Uh, with me, it's like R&B and pop. So, um, like, I remember in 2012, I was doing, like, EDM and stuff like that, too. You know, just because, like, I, I was just, like, loving the, that type of sound as well. So I love all types of music. But for me, yeah, R&B was definitely one of the strongest uh, genres that's, that really connected with me. And that, I guess that was based on, like, just growing up, like, listening to, like, um, Usher, uh, for example. And then, like, you know, Chris Brown in um, middle school and high school. So, um, you know, I feel like that has a lot to do with it as well. You know, just the music that I grew up listening to. Fantastic. Fantastic. So in terms of people within your age demographic, whether they listen to R&B, don't listen to R&B, um, you know, again, for what you decided to do in terms of your journey and the trajectory of where you're going, Nate, I mean, I'm sure people in Detroit flock to you. Um, you know, what is it as a result of not just the pandemic, but in terms of the social consciousness of issues that have arisen, you know, this month being Black Lives Matter, um, or Black History Month, I should say, and Black Lives Matter, and then what mm-hmm. we saw in the States and, and the, the, yeah. the changing of leadership there. You know, what's been going on in Detroit as a result of all of these things that have been happening on the universal stage? Um, like specifically with the Black Lives Matter movement? All of it. Like, because we've been all on a it. real carpet ride here. Yeah. 
Um, I would say definitely just like I don't, I don't. I feel like it's like anywhere else. Honestly, it's just like people stand up for what they believe in, and I think I think people are just going to continue doing that no matter where they're from. Fantastic. And does Detroit, like in terms of the global stage, when it comes to politics, when it comes to entertainment, when it comes to whatever, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I know Flint, Michigan, you guys have had your issues with water and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and job loss. But, you know, do you feel like you're inclusive on the global stage? Do you feel Detroit's issues matter on the global stage? Oh, yeah, I, 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 I definitely think so. Okay, fantastic. Fantastic. And so in terms of when pre-pandemic, when you were doing gigs or things of that nature, you know, in terms of venues, you know, Mm -hmm. you you mentioned, you know, your first thing, 50 people. What generally is is the average in terms of of a gathering to come out and see you? Um, I would say like a few hundred at least. Like my last show that I did was in downtown uh, Detroit. And I, I would say I had like at least 200 some people. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And I think it's important too, because I think people need to know whether you call yourself an entrepreneur, an artist, a musician, whatever, you know, because there's different levels within the journey itself. Um, you're wearing a lot of hats. You're not just trying to come up with lyrics and pump out content and have launch date and release date and EP date and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. You're, you're trying to connect with other people who can play a pivotal role in taking some of the struggle off of your shoulders. Right. And I know that from an entrepreneur, like you're doing your own Mm. scheduling, you're doing your own marketing, you're doing Mm -hmm. your own promoting. Then you've got to connect with people. You've got to do things in advance of bringing them onto the airwaves and things of that nature. So, you know, what are your strengths within all, all the aspects and hats you have to wear to keep the balls juggling for what you need to do and produce? Well, something that I learned is that nobody's going to do nothing for me, you know, especially with me being an independent artist. You know, I yeah, like I, I, I am wearing all like all the hats right now. But um, fortunately, I ha- I'm like really blessed to have um, a lot of great people in Detroit that I work with, like uh, Brandon Smith and David McNally. Um, like David McNally is my uh, producer. Brandon Smith is my stage presence coach. And um, and Brandon Smith is like he's like. I don't even know how to explain him. He's he's really well connected in Detroit, and he's like always working on new projects with a like a lot of um, new artists and stuff like that. And um, I don't even know um, what to compare him to, but he's like I feel like he's like kind of like the Detroit's industry himself, <laughs> you know? Like uh, wow. he's like Detroit's music industry, yeah. And uh, he's like brilliant, and um, you know he's done so much for me and helped me level up to where I am now. And I couldn't have done that without him. And like you know he's like. He's not my manager, but he kind of played a few roles where he would have been my manager type thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I've been like really blessed uh, with that. So it's like I don't have to have um, I don't have to really fully do everything on my own. You know, luckily, I, I, I have a lot of great people in my life. Fantastic. Well, and you also said something within that statement, that answer there, Nate, that I think is important, whether we're talking about career or uh you know, craft or whatever is you can't do it alone. Right. I mean, it's a misnomer and it doesn't matter how connected you are. It doesn't matter what your level of inner strength is. It doesn't matter what your level of confidence or believability is. There's always going to come a point in our lives where we're going to need help. So it's very important. I talk about vibe attracts tribe, know your tribe, know that when you, you seek out your tribe in your moments of darkness, that they're going to be there. They're going to help you rise. They're going to get you recalibrated and they're going to get you back on the straight and narrow. So if you, if you, you come up against the wall where you're asking people for help and there's resistance or it's not forthcoming then move on to the people who you're going to get it from don't internalize it don't turn to the bottle don't turn to drugs don't turn to all these things as a form of numbing out or escaping turn to real connected people who really value your emotional health and well-being so i thank you for re-emphasizing that in your own way again because that's important yeah definitely so so if you could look five years into the future and clearly for where you already are right now, mm. you are a manifester. You do subscribe yes. to, you have to believe it to see it, right? Hence yep. you wouldn't believe um, in God. Of course. So what, what does current Nate see in future journey story related to Nate? I see myself topping the charts on the Billboard Hot 100 and just being the ultimate superstar that I knew I was destined to be. <laughs> well, don't forget I showcased you when that happens, okay? 
Yeah, <laughs> I got you. I got you, Lisa. Right, that goes back to humble beginnings. Let's yes. you know, let's not forget what we said on the live airwaves to like you know over eight million listeners. Right. So, um, but anyway, being cognizant of time, we're going to have to wrap up here shortly. But what what would people, even if they do know you, regardless of how well you think they know you, what might surprise people for what they actually might not know about you that you've been kind of tight-lipped about or not really overly public about mm. and it could be it could be it doesn't have to be like i'm not talking about major disclosures or anything like yeah, that yeah. but just things that people wouldn't necessarily presume to be part and parcel of your personality i would say um i would say that i that i have like um that i'm very spiritual i, I would say like a lot of people wouldn't think that um just because, like, I am kind of like a party kid, you know, like a lot of uh, Christians, for example, wouldn't think that. They'll be like, oh, no, he doesn't. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, you know, he don't believe in God or whatever. But um, I, I would say just like, yeah, I'm just like a very spiritual person. And I think, I think a lot of people wouldn't really see that. Okay. Well, the fact that that was a, a big component of your bio that I plugged at the top of the hour, I was of the presumption that that's something that you're pretty comfortable declaring to the rest of the world. Are, are, yeah, are you actually there quite... now, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So once upon a time, you were actually pretty private about that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, actually, as soon as I started doing these podcasts, because uh, I was promoting my song Novocaine, and, um, you know, in the lyrics, I talk, um, basically, in the lyrics, I'm talking to God. I'm, like, asking God for help in the song. So that's that pretty much kind of opened up a door where it's like, okay, well, I got to pretty much you know, acknowledge that. And so from there, I just pretty much started exposing my relationship to God. And so I've been doing that for the past, you know, year now, actually. But yeah, okay. I wasn't always, always like that. <laughs> were you, were you once a time, once upon a time, Nate, were you a non-believer? Like, would you have been the last person on the face of the planet to have ever subscribed or believed in spirituality or religion? I, I'm trying to get a sense of this for the listeners, because there are a lot of people who, when they look at what's happening on the scale, it's like, well, if there was a God, this never would have been allowed to happen this mm -hmm. wouldn't have happened to me you know like so what is your relationship have you already always had a fundamental core key relationship with god or is it something that you have come to surrender in the believability of uh yeah so so it's like a long story but i'm really condensed it to like a minute <laughs> uh basically um I grew up Catholic, so um, I always had the whole religion, you know, background, not spiritual at all. And then up until, like, uh, the year 2014, which um, I got this, like, tattoo on my left arm, um, it basically is, like, um, 2014 is when, like, you know, I had that dream where Jesus approached me and I was like are you the real Jesus and he opened up his arms he goes I am and I remember I hugged him and I woke up and um, I kept seeing like signs of Jesus like I kept hearing his name on like pop radio stations I saw like a billboard and then I saw like a cross in the sky that was that was created from like a plane like at, at the moment and when I looked at that cross the song said something about Jesus and it was just like it was like a lot of confirmation for me and I was just like I was like, man, okay, like, this is when um, I was starting to get these, like, signs and clues, you know, that you described in my bio. Um, you know, I was questioning what that being was. I was like, is this the devil? Is this God? I said, God, whatever. Like, if, if this is you, please, you know, sh you know, show yourself. If it's um, not you, please get rid of it. And that's when Jesus, like, approached me. And, and it's like, you know, ever since then, my relationship with him has gotten stronger. And I've gone through a lot of ups and downs. Just because I have a relationship with God doesn't mean my life is perfect. <laughs> you know, it definitely mm -hmm. doesn't mean that. So um, don't think that. But I definitely say my life is way better because I feel so much more peace and I see him working around me and it's just like, okay, like I'm on a really good path and he's guiding me. Fantastic. Well, again, for the listening audience, I just want to say whatever it is that you personally resonate with, that's going to help you get yourself out of underneath the rock or the hardship that you're currently facing right now. Again, the, the big message in this is do not go it alone. Do not believe or feel on any level that you have to go it alone. So whatever it is that works for you, that's cathartic, that's healthy, that's solid, um, that's going to resurrect your soul, that's going to bring you into alliance um, and alignment with who you're ultimately fun fundamentally meant to be and who you actually want to show up to not only yourself, but to the rest of the world. I just want to say, whether it be God, whether it be journaling, whether it be music, you know, because people find different things to be spiritually, um, you know, embodying. So mm -hmm. whatever works for you, 
please do more of that. <laughs> Welcome and embrace more of that in your life. Your future self will thank you. And Nate certainly has been a testament to that. And for all your important messaging, for the ways in which you've turned your life around, for the ways in which you continue to be a leader, whether it be through the vessel of your music or just the storytelling of once upon a time addiction to now I'm just finding things outside of that. Uh, that's healthy, that's pure, um, that puts me on the right path. I just want to say very important messaging that you've shared with me, the listening audience, the podcast subscribers. I can't thank you enough, Nate, for the gift of your time. You're always welcome to come back. Like, you know, when you hit it as big as what you <laughs> want to hit it, I think you yeah. already have. But when you, hit, when you hit the bullseye for your target, your, you know, projected outcomes, then we'll bring you back on the show, if not sooner. And we can I talk more to. about okay i would love to thank you <laughs> okay so to the listening audience i want to thank you as well for the gift of your time for tuning in to myself and nate seto here on living fearlessly with lisa mcdonald i'm exceptionally clear on my purpose my purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more until next friday when we're joined by yet another phenomenal guest i really wish you all my best stay safe healthy and uplifted love and gratitude to you all and to you as well nate take care all my best Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Health and Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.